Welcome to episode 22 of Speak Better. I'm Rebecca Lindquist, also known as Lindquist the Linguist. This podcast is all about how to improve your speech, how you show up, and how you communicate with others for both native and non-native speakers. There is so much we can do to improve our voices, and that's the whole point of the podcast, is being aware of that. Today's episode specifically is one of my favorite topics, posture and breathing for speech. Now, we all know that we are breathing, and we do care about our posture for other reasons, many health-related reasons, but this particular podcast is about posture for speech, for speech. What that means is, what do I have to do with my body to be a better speaker? So we talked in the last episode about chest tension. A lot of people are squeezing their chest and curling their shoulders forward, rounding them, and using their computers or their digital devices and the idea is to open the chest and it's basically a mental intention it's just the idea of allowing the chest to open and allowing the shoulders to drop all on their own without you pressuring them what i think i hear the most of is either people don't talk about posture at all of course or they try to overdo it with conscious use of their muscles like i'm going to lower my shoulders now Well, there's nothing really wrong with that in terms of taking an exercise course, maybe, and you're going to try to lower your shoulders before you lift a weight or something. But when you're speaking, you won't have time to do everything consciously. And in fact, there is a concept of involuntary muscle usage. What in the heck is that? Voluntary muscles are the ones we choose to use. Like, I want to lift my arm. I want to grab that, and so I'm going to have to lift my arm to do it. The other side of that, though, is I just want to drink my coffee, and I bring my coffee to my face, and I drink it without thinking about my hand and my arm. It's an automatic movement. I use whatever muscles I use. Now, some people do that well, and other people might have shoulder pain. So the idea is, how can we change how we move so that the right involuntary muscles fire without us telling them what to do? And there's a concept uh, designed by F.M. Alexander. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's no longer alive, but he lived back in the day, and I believe in Australia is where he came from originally. But he designed or created something called the Alexander Method or Technique. There are still people who train in this today, and I've worked with one of these people for many years. And the idea is that these involuntary movements can be trained in your body but basically through the non-doing, which means it's not what you do, it's what you don't do, what you avoid doing. The whole story about F.M. Alexander is kind of interesting. He, back in the day, used to look in the mirror and notice that he was doing some things to cause him to lose his voice. He would read Shakespeare, lose his voice, go to a doctor, rest his voice, do what he was told to do, and then have the same problem come up again and again. So he began to look in the mirror and figure out that he was squeezing his neck and pulling it back and that this perpetual movement was causing him to set off a whole litany of defensive movements, unconscious movements, that were causing him to lose his voice. So by learning how to undo that, and there's a lot of concepts and I'm not an expert in the Alexander technique, but basically he began to release his neck and then by releasing the neck and allowing the head to go forward and up and then a lot of other intentions, and you can read about this if you Google it, like allowing the chest to open, allowing the back to widen, allowing the legs to go away from you. These intentions would allow the involuntary muscles to fire. So this is what we want to do. 
And the challenge for so many people is they want to do it through exercise. They want to force the muscles down. Now, there's nothing wrong with going to your chiropractor or getting somebody to help you do muscle exercises and lift weights and all this stuff. But a lot of this is, again, a non-doing. It's just about changing your habits so that your posture can support your speech. And one of the big things that I would caution you about is make sure when you're doing physical exercises, if you choose to go to the gym and work out kind of thing, is not to squeeze the chest. We talked a bit about that, but when you squeeze the chest and lower it, the lowering of the chest and squeezing it and hunkering down so you can lift more weight is not going to serve your voice well. So you have to really widen through your clavicles, send your shoulders away from each other and allow the chest to widen. And as you allow the chest to open and widen and breathe, you can do any exercise you want to do. I'll warn you, if you lift weights, you probably have to lift less weight. And people never want to hear that when they're trying to get stronger. But the idea is that you allow the chest to open and your voice is going to flow and your breath is going to flow. Now beyond that, what can you do for breathing? Because we know we need breath. That's the power behind our speech. So there's a difference between a relaxed breath and an empowered breath. A relaxed breath, like a yoga breath, might help you sleep, might help you relax. Nothing wrong with that. But public speakers aren't about relaxing. Public speaking is about having a strong, energetic voice that carries. And so our breath needs to be energetic, not relaxed. We don't get to drop our chest. So what we want to work on is isolating the muscles in the body to figure out which ones serve you when you speak. And I invite you to do this. We talked about it a bit in an earlier episode, but let's do it explicitly now. And I like to do it seated, although some people do it standing. You press into your feet, you allow your back to be long and your neck to be long, and then just breathe gently into your chest. Your chest should move as you breathe. So you might want to put your hand on your chest and allow your chest to fill with air. And then exhale and make the sound. Now inhale. And just say, I'm speaking with the breath. Inhale and exhale and notice how your voice sounds. Do you notice that I sound a little bit excited? Maybe my pitch elevated a bit and I'm speaking kind of fast. That's because chest breath tends to be a breath that we use when we're under stress. We tend to breathe into our chest when we're late, when we're in a hurry. And that's why chest breathing has that quality. Is it bad or wrong? No, it's important. Everybody needs to breathe into their chest, just not exclusively. Well, where else could I breathe? So if you take the palms of your hands on your clavicle, that's also just above the what we think of as our main chest area, touch the clavicles out to the armpit, open your fingers and inhale. Now for a lot of people, these muscles don't move much. So we wanna start allowing them to fill with air and exhale. Now speak with the breath that goes into the armpit. And you probably notice already that my speech is changing dramatically because I'm using much more of my chest. I'm still chest breathing, I'm still talking fast, but the quality is changing because I'm using more locations in my body. That's what we mean by isolation. Where else can you breathe? Well, you could breathe directly into your throat. So if you take your hand right on the throat, breathe right into it, Your speech is going to pick up kind of fast, but there's something beautiful about speaking from here, and that is you can have bursts of energy. You can do what I like to call the call voice. So you can go, hey, everybody, woohoo, listen to me. Short spurts. Okay, let's go. Woohoo. Taxi. Mamma mia. 
Speaking and breathing right into this throat area can give you a nice blast of speech. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, if you want vocal variety and you want a wide range of options when you speak, this is a great thing to practice. Isolate, make sure you can do it. From here, take your hand on your upper stomach. I like to take my thumb and my index finger and just press into the rectus abdominis, right underneath the breastbone. Inhale, exhale, ah, yoga breathing. The whole stomach can fill with air. And when I speak from here, I'm so relaxed. So again, this isn't the only way to breathe. In fact, I don't recommend this for public speaking, but it's really nice for relaxation. Nothing wrong with breathing here for a while. Isolate it and practice it. And then you take your hands, and I often do the opposite of the palms. I take the outside of my hands, reverse them, and touch it to the side of my body, where your ribs are. Clear on the side of your body. Inhale into your hands, the back of your hands. And then exhale. Now, there are much better exercises to get into your ribs than this, but this is a quick and dirty one to make the point. And the point is that breathing into the ribs is a fabulous way to speak. It gives you more energy. It slows you down a bit. As the ribs separate and the sides of your body fill with breath, it's so close to the diaphragm. It's a beautiful way to breathe and speak. So it's a great thing to practice. The next thing you may want to practice is back to transverse abdominus breathing that we talked about during integration in episode 21. You take the thumb and the pointer finger to the lowest part of your belly, right underneath your belly button, and you cough to find the spot, and then you inhale into those two fingers. Breathe and speak into the low belly and find your power. This is our power source. I can go deeper and richer and more potent when I'm here. So it's a great thing to practice, make the voice more powerful. Okay, we practiced almost all of them. The only one we haven't practiced is back breathing. Take your hands and you lean forward. I'm leaning into my microphone. Put your hands on your mid-back. So you lift behind you and lift because you almost go to your upper back and slide down under the ribs. Come together with your fingers, open your palms, and just really press into your back and see if you can inhale and let the back fill with air. Ah, back breathing. It's a great way to emotionally connect with people. Breathe and speak from the back. The breath slows and you get really nicely connected. It's a beautiful, rich way to breathe. Practice back breathing. And there are many ways to practice back breathing. But we're going to now take a moment to integrate the breath. So we've breathed into our clavicles, our chests, our armpits, our stomachs, our lower stomachs, our backs, everything, our ribs. Take a nice inhale and exhale. Don't overthink it. Just let the breath come in your nose or your mouth and out your nose in your mouth. Sometimes breath does go in our mouth. Often when we're arguing, talking quickly, we breathe into the mouth. It's generally best to breathe into your nose because it filters the air. Your nose is a really nice way to warm the air. So it is good to breathe in through the nose and go out through the mouth. But doing a little bit of both is okay at this point because we're letting the breath integrate and we're letting our brain figure out how to breathe. And you may notice listening to me that my voice has changed a bit. We're simply empowering the speech with all different kinds of breath from all different parts of the body. Now, have we mastered it? Probably not. 
we probably need to lie on the floor on a yoga mat, close our eyes and breathe and practice isolating all these locations all over again. Back breathing is particularly easy to do standing and lying down as opposed to seated, but the rest of the breath, and especially the side breathing and the rib breathing, is best done either seated or standing, and I often interlace my fingers and breathe from one side to the other with side stretches. So you can go online and look up all those kinds of breathing exercises, but in the end, you want to integrate the breath and make sure you're making sounds. This is where you could do some singing, or you could do those pitch exercises, the sirens and the elongation, even the singhaling. Any kind of sound exercise with breath will help the voice to acquire some new skills. And we need new skills if we want to improve our voice quality and our breathing. So I think I've made, I hope, a compelling case for posture and breath with speech because you got to have good posture and you got to have good breathing if you're going to be a good speaker. This can be part of your warm-up, certainly part of your daily practice and awareness. And I encourage you to do these exercises and then record yourself speaking. Do it before and after. Speak first and record it, then do the exercises and speak again and see if your speech has not improved. I'm almost willing to bet, although I don't bet people who listen to my podcast, but I'm almost willing to bet that your speech is going to be better every time because mine is and I found that my clients also is. In our next episode, we're going to explore articulation exercises, tongue, mouth, lips, jaw, all that good stuff. And then we'll be looking at nonverbal communication and speed, and then speed of speech, how fast you talk. And then we'll start getting into first languages like Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese, all those different languages, Indian languages, Spanish, German, French, how our first language impacts our speech, some commonalities of different accents when it comes to acquiring an American English accent, and also some nuances and specific advice for different accents, different foreign accents, when your goal is to acquire an American accent. I look forward to exploring that with you. Please go forth and breathe with great posture for at least the rest of your day and hopefully the rest of your life. Talk to you next time.